airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. There's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for listening today. We appreciate it. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B is back over in Studio CC, and we're grateful to have her back. We'll try to get around to some phone calls uh, in the last segment. I do want to, um, I say this, but then everybody knows what I get going, and then <laughs> there's no pace to what I'm doing. I try to keep a pace. I, I set out in my mind, and I say, I'm going to keep a pace because I want to make sure I want us to have just a, measured conversation around this and and really just a lot of information I want to communicate but that never happens so I better just stop saying it just call it I'm being going spirit to go fast. right okay you're <laughs> you're so generous <laughs> you're so generous um that's what I so, believe yeah so today's show today's show um is we are marking you that's today's show mm. that's uh we are marking you and um I want to encourage every Christian who is holding true and holding firm and fast to sound doctrine, holding fast to the scriptures. I want to encourage you to be marking those who cause divisions among us. I want you to be marking those who separate the body of Christ, who divide the bride, who um, attempt to stain the church with secular philosophies and taking those philosophies as doctrine. And um, today's show is dedicated to talking about um, not only those we need to mark, um, but why we're marking them mm-hmm. and where we have seen this done in the history of the church. And so we're just going to have a conversation around that before um, before we get into it. Let me just um, this will be a mild. This will be a mild rant. A OK, mild before rant. we get into just a, just a mild one. OK, you know, they have mild, medium and hot. This will be a mild rant. Okay. Not all right. So, so not, not so even bad. not so bad at all. Everybody can. you. I think it's palatable. Um, OK, listen pet peeve of mine okay and this you know um i cannot stand cowardice i can't stand it i Mm. can't stand i i i don't like i don't like that um you know so often what tends to characterize the church is weakness and cowardice under the guise of understanding Mm. and long suffering and balance. Oh man, discard that word. You know, <laughs> all of the. You know, we want to be, we want to be balanced, and and we want to be nice, and we want to be loving. I don't like weakness. I don't like cowardice, and I don't like the bride of Christ being trampled under the foot of men because those who are charged, who are put on the front line to defend and protect the bride, are too afraid to do it. It makes mm. me sick. And so let me just stand up and say to everyone else who sees this happening in the church, and it's working its way through the church like leaven. Man. It's working its way through the church like leaven and it's destroying the body of Christ. And if there's not a time for you to be upset about something that you see happening, I don't know when there's going to be a time. Mm. Now you've got people who don't know what they believe about the gospel. (laughs) They don't know what they believe about the gospel because they're they're being told that it's Jesus and this. Mm. And so now faithful Christians are falling into this trap 
where, you know, <laughs> we thought that heresies were defeated. We thought that we had, you know, sound doctrine that we could all <laughs> gather around. But apparently we don't. Apparently we don't. We have a resurgence of false doctrine that has taken root in the church and it has to be uprooted. And, and how do we begin that process? How do we start doing that? All right. We mark those mm-hmm. who are causing divisions among us. And that is what we're going to do. And the scripture reference and which you may hear a lot of these thin, beautiful pages flipping because we got a lot of places we want to go in the Bible. Because whenever we take a position in culture, we don't take that position because we feel like it. We take that position because we are compelled to take that position in culture because of what the word of God teaches us. Right. And when we are talking about gospel issues, when the gospel is at stake, how do you keep silent? I don't understand these people. And I'm going to try so hard not to be so New Orleans today, but I don't (laughs) understand these people. The gospel is on the line and you're going to keep silent. Man, I I was you know, I have these bursts (laughs) of thought. Right. People know I have these bursts of thought. And um, sometimes they come in like a wave and then I just write them all in like a series of thoughts. And then sometimes it's just the one, just the one thought. And then, you know, back on the fence. Right. <laughs> well, mm. I shouldn't say on the fence. I should say on the wall, <laughs> back yeah. on the wall, watching <laughs> back on because on the fence is negative. Back yeah. on the wall watching. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I am watching. That's a difference. And, and, and let me tell you, I'm not I'm not afraid. I am not afraid of people's. You, you cut, I don't care you cut how out. you're not afraid of people's what I'm not. I'm not afraid of people's following who propagate heresy. I'm not afraid of ah. how many people like you when you tell lies about the gospel. Mm. I don't care. I don't care. Like, I'm not I'm not impressed with that. You understand? And so a lot of times what we see happening right now at this moment in the church is people are like, well, we can't say anything because they have such a large organization. Mm. Yeah, but they're wrong, though. <laughs> so you're going to just be quiet because they have a, you know, like it's, it's, it, how do you combat, man? how do you combat bad doctrine? How do you combat bad theology? So, it's not to leave doctrine and theology out of the discussion. So I'm sure you have a scripture for that. What you're saying? Cause I have one. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Well you can go with your scripture okay. if you want. Okay. I have a, Cause I, I'm, I'm I hearing actually, you and I'm like, yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm, you said, I, I'm sure you have a scripture for that. I, I'm sure you do. I have many scriptures. It may it may be one of the ones yeah, that you have. I don't be. know. Maybe I'm running. Go ahead. You keep going. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is good because I, you know, this we're both equally riled up about this. These are the, these, the this is the content of our conversations right. ongoingly. Right. This is what we're talking about, and our kids are probably like, "Why are you guys so upset? Like, why are you guys so upset all the time?" I know they overhear our conversations. You know, we have to be careful. Sometimes we turn it yeah. into a hush. Because we, we, you know, we want them to learn and to grow as they mature. We don't want Amen. to expose them prematurely to conversations Amen. and content and all that stuff. So we have to be careful. But, man, I'm sure at some point somebody's going to say, man, why y'all? Why y'all so mad? though?" <laughs> no. You know, anyways, do you want did you want to share your scripture no, you here? Because I'm kind of I'm bouncing. OK, let me. You so here going. was here was my post. Here was my post um, from yesterday. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about this and I'm thinking about the damage that we're doing to the church based on what is happening in the culture. Right. Mm-hmm. We're doing damage to the church. Uh, we're doing damage to the bride of Christ. Members of the body, body of Christ are hurting mm. in all kinds of different directions. Okay. Members of the body of Christ are hurting. And so I was thinking about how we've gotten to this point and how we have so veered away from what would have been commonplace in the church to where we are now. Yeah. And so I was thinking about this and, and this is what I, I took to, fo- to Facebook to, to write this post because I was, I was thinking, man, we're getting it wrong. And, um, and you know, to use deep theological language, we're doing dumb stuff. <laughs> 
<laughs> like we're doing dumb stuff in the body of Christ and, and it is hurtful. So, yeah. so in the faith, I want you guys to consider this, right? In the faith, mm-hmm. the strong bear with the weak. Mm-hmm. We don't make them leaders. Mm. We don't make them leaders in the faith. And, and why am I saying that? Because you're always going to have people among us who are weak. They're kind of struggling. They don't really know. They're kind of going back and forth. Some of this is based on their familial history. Like, you know, they come out of a family. They come out of a context where it's hard for them to understand these deeper truths of the gospel. And so we bear with them. Mm. We don't make them leaders. And why don't we do that? Because we dare not set their weakness as the standard or the example in the church. Right, right. However, today in the church, we're doing the opposite of that. What are Mm -hmm. we doing? We're taking the weak among us, those who are just like throwback. They're kind of like Pat. I don't know. know." (laughs) And and we're taking those people and we're saying, how many Twitter followers do you have? Mm -hmm. Wait, how many conferences can you pack out? How many books have you sold on Amazon? Man, and we oh. setting them up for for destruction of of them own, of their of, of themselves, you know, by destruction putting them, of themselves. putting them up there as a leader, you know what I'm saying, in that position because of maybe charisma or, you know, what they yes. can bring. You know, yes. you setting that person up as well. And because they appeal to the culture. Now one must stop and ask oneself, why do these people appeal to the culture? Because they're speaking the culture's language. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean that in a sense of like, you know, how do we translate this so we get the gospel in people's. No, I mean, you're speaking their language in their rebellion against God. Mm. You're speaking in agreement with them, however slight it might be. That's what you're doing. But here is the encouragement. Here is the encouragement. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we need not put weak people in positions of leadership. We need not give weak people influence because that's what leadership is. Leadership is influence, right? Mm -hmm. Leadership is influence. So we need not give weak people influence over the church. But let me let me say this. The body of Christ has a track record, a track record for using every single obstacle that mm. the enemy erects and puts in our way. Every single obstacle throughout the history of the church. What you have found is that when there was heresy combating that heresy, even though that seems like, oh my goodness, I can't believe these heretical teachings are popping up. <laughs> combating those heretical teachings mm-hmm. led to the advancement of the church. Amen. Right? Yep. So it led to the to solidifying sound doctrine. Yes. What is it that we have? What biblical support do we have for the positions that we have taken? How do we collectively get together and put this in, oh, I don't know, like a creed, <laughs> and then say, this is what we believe. Many people don't understand that, you know, we have these creeds in response to heresy. Mm-hmm. People are saying, no, you are wrong. And not only do we condemn what you're saying, but we're going to be more diligent to make sure that we communicate clearly what the gospel is. So, yes, the church advances when she is attacked. Yeah, The church advances. And I'm going to say this. The church advances with more force when she is attacked. Mm. All right. When we are experiencing relative comfort, that's when we make slow, maybe today, maybe not gains Mm. because we're comfortable. So while I'm upset that the gospel is in jeopardy right now, that there are people who are compromising the gospel I am also encouraged and I'm excited because it's an opportunity for those who are reading the book Mm -hmm. to continue standing for the truth and to continue saying, 
you know, I don't know where you got that, but that's not in the scriptures. Right. Speaking of the scriptures, well, what what scripture did you want to share? What what came to mind? Oh, it was it was one of Paul's admonishments to uh, Timothy in Second Timothy, um, chapter two, verse fourteen. Say, remind them of these things and solemnly charge them in the presence of God not to wrangle about words, which is useless and leads to <laughs> the ruin of the hearers. Mm-hmm. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. Then it says, but avoid worldly and empty chatter, for it will lead to further ungodliness. Mm-hmm. And their talk will spread like gangrene. <laughs> Among oh them goodness. are Hominius and Philetus, men who have uh, gone astray from the truth, saying that the resurrection has already taken place and they upset the faith of some. And when you were talking about how it spread, you know, the stuff spreading like leaven, you know, yes. quickly came to me yeah, an even more nasty scene of yes. spreading like gangrene. And it's, oh my it's, goodness, a, what a it's gross that brings to what's mind. happening, you know, even in the body of Christ with all these different philosophies and, you know, ideas that are not biblical spreading through the church, mm-hmm. you know. So look at what look at what Paul wrote to the Romans in addition to this. Right. Mm-hmm. Because the same tone is in Paul's letter to the Romans. So in Romans. Uh, chapter 16, verses 17 through 20. And just think about this, guys, and think about what where we are. Think about the different leaders, the people who are coming out and making statements mm. and apologizing, okay? And, and, and all of the things that are happening right now mm-hmm. that really jeopardize the gospel, right? It causes great confusion, and it is spreading. It <laughs> is spreading like gangrene. It, mm. it is spreading, right? So think about that. And uh, here, Romans chapter 16 Verses uh, 17 through 20. Mm -hmm. I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions Mm. and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them. (laughs) Avoid them. For such persons do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. For your obedience is known to all so that I rejoice over you. But I want you to be wise as to what is good Mm -hmm. and innocent as to what is evil. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. (laughs) (laughs) The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Man, you got to appreciate Paul, right? You got to appreciate Paul. But listen, this is what we see happening today. When we come back on the other side of the break, we'll break this scripture down and then we'll take a look at what is happening in the culture Mm. and why this scripture is instructive for us today. We got to keep holding the line, guys. This is not the first time we've been here. All right, Aaron the Addisons, we'll be right back. Have your way, Lord, have your way. Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. We appreciate you listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's five. And Jacob would have your way. All right. We are marking you. We are marking you. And and look, just to serve notice to every heretic. <laughs> Miki, that's strong. Wow. <laughs> Miki came out like David Crowder. Well, look, let me just say, okay. Um, if you deviate from orthodoxy, if you deviate 
from the scriptures, if you deviate from doctrine, um, what does that make you? Like, I mean, I don't know. I just don't know what that makes you. Like, I don't know if that makes you just, you know, what do you want? Nicer words? You want just like confused? Like we're okay. We're marking confused people. You guys are so soft. We're marking com <laughs> confused people. These people are heretics. If they if they veer away from the doctrine that we have received, mm -hmm. okay. Like, I mean, I look. You know, calling them a heretic might seem strong, um. But I, I think I'm in pretty good company because Paul did not give them softball responses. Mm. Right? No, not at all. I mean, I'm I'm Heretics? not <laughs> no. Mm -mm. Come on, man. I'm not I'm not <laughs> look to to keep it, you know, to keep <laughs> all right, I'll just leave that alone. I, okay. <laughs> heretics is mild. All right, people. Heretics is mild. Um, but th that's what they are. That's what they are. If they're departing from truth, if they are departing from orthodoxy. If they are departing from what we have inherited, what has been passed down to us, what we have received, if they are creating a new doctrine, if there are new methods of repentance, right? If we are to, well, and I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but look, if I'm if I'm a whole Jesus hostage to my blackness, then man, we got <laughs> heresy, man. That's heresy, man, all right? I'm not. I'm. I am not going to make much of Christ until you make much of my skin color. E. Mm, no. And what you think? Of, let, let, let the weight of that come to rest on you like a nasty cold blanket. That's not comforting. That's not comforting. This And this is what people are saying today. You know, if you if you're going to tell me. Well, all right. Again, let's let's go back, because why are we marking people? Why are we looking at people who are making claims in the church, who have platforms, who have followings? Um, who have influence. Why are we looking at these people and listening to what they're saying and mark th marking them? Because the Bible tells us to do it. And the Bible is not uncertain about this. The Bible is not unclear. So you look at Romans chapter 16, verses 17 through 20. I read it before the break. I'm not going to go into reading it again, but I am going to break it down for a second because I think people need to understand the strength of the terminology that is used by the apostle Paul. He's not mincing words. It is not playing patty cake with these people and saying, well, I mean, I don't want to be disliked, so I'm not going to speak <laughs> out. No, he is, he is instructing very strongly that we mark these people. And the word here that is used when it says Mark mm -hmm. in uh, the King James, uh, but the ESV says to watch, right? I like the ESV Mark. says to, to watch. I know. I like Mark, too. <laughs> I do. I know. It, 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 it has a little more, you know. It calls oh. to mind a little bit of a target. Like, yeah, I'm going like, to do something with what I observe. Because Paul understood what was at stake, you know. That's right. So we wouldn't expect him to, to think lightly about this, and we shouldn't as well. So That's exactly right. So the word that is used there, the Greek word is translit transliterated skopien, skopien, right? Mm. Which means to look at, to regard Sco attentively, mm -hmm. to take heed, to mm -hmm. beware, to consider. Um, it comes from the Greek word uh, skopos, <laughs> which means to take aim at. Mm -hmm. That's what's on the gun, the scope. You got this, the scope. Hello. So maybe, to... I haven't researched that, but maybe it's where we get our word scope. I don't know. No. That would be neat to see, right? Hey. It may be where we get our word scope. It sounds like it to me. But you, you can see how Mark would work here. Mm -hmm. To mark those, to take aim at those who cause divisions among you. Now, where is the patty cake play in this? I don't see where's it. The, where is the patty cake play in this? The term signifies to observe attentively and diligently as those do who are placed on a watchtower to observe the mm. motions of their enemies. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Guys, that's, that's pretty straight up. <laughs> 
please don't just read your Bible. Please study it. <laughs> because if you're just reading your Bible, man, it's like skimming. It's like going and just picking up fruit man, and hors d'oeuvres. Like study we your Bible. Because we tolerate some of the things we tolerate if we understood what was at stake and what 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 is being and what said you're here. commanded to yeah, do what if is you being really said understood here. what you're being commanded to do you would take it more seriously and you would do it more diligently right wow. so that means there's no patty cake. we're not playing peekaboo with these people when they stand up and they present a different gospel when they tell us that we need to be allies to wickedness jd greer when they tell us that they're going to care about Christ, when we care about blackness, the Bidi and Abuile, I'm marking you. Mm. I'm marking you. <laughs> and I don't care if that upsets you. Why? Because you're a threat to the gospel. Mm -hmm. You take those who are weak in the faith and you weaken them even further. <laughs> you're a threat to the gospel. I'm marking you. Why? Because the Bible says to mark you. I don't care who you are. Yeah. I don't care what organization you oversee. If you're a threat to the gospel, my allegiance to Christ is greater than your influence. I don't care who you are. <laughs> You've got people who stand up, and I, I have all of this near the end here. All right. <laughs> you're running. Let me just, I'm running. Yeah, I'm, let, me, running. let me just say this. So where there are new doctrines that are created, we are admonished to mark those people who are creating those new doctrines, to call them out, to do so boldly and without apology and without timidity mm -hmm. and let me, without cowardice. What can man do to you? Hmm. What, what are they going to do to you? They're going to not like let you follow them. They're going to block you. Oh, you're so soft. They're going to block. They're going to block me. They're not going to let me be friends with them on their page. I'm not going to get their emails. So what? <laughs> So what? The gospel is at stake. And I'm calling him a heretic, you know. And I'm, I'm trying to think of what is a current cultural equivalent to what Paul suggested about the Judaizers with the Galatians. <laughs> Man. <laughs> they were there. Paul was like, don't stop at. <laughs> wow. I'm just saying yeah, the gospel, this is important, guys. Strong. And I wish I wish we loved Jesus enough to realize how important this is. This is not just about people rioting in the streets. <laughs> this is about the culmination of a narrative that is antithetical to the gospel that now we must all view each other through the lens of skin color. And what's worse is that the riots are not just in the streets. The riots, spiritually speaking, are breaking out in the church. Mm -hmm. People around here talking about monuments. They're tearing down. What are they tearing down in the church? <laughs> what are they doing in the church? They've infiltrated the church. They're standing up publicly, making apologies on behalf of the church, making the entire church culpable for something she hasn't done. You stand up, you represent a church, you make a collective apology. What, what, what are you saying? Right. We've all just been a group of racists. We here in the church. And we sit and, and everybody just sits back and they're okay with it because, you know, in, in today's culture, you know, to say anything that doesn't go with the collective, you know, to be on the outside of it, it confirms what these people are charging. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it doesn't. You better say something. Mm -hmm. and, and I, you know, all right. So anyways, <laughs> moving on. The scriptures don't just stop at at Romans uh, in, in 
our encouragement to mark those that cause divisions among us in Galatians chapter one, mm-hmm. uh, verses six through 10. And I'm, I'm going to turn there. We're going to look at it. This is what the Apostle Paul said to the Galatians. He says, uh, he, he writes, I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who mm-hmm. called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. You're turning to a different gospel, a different means for salvation, a different means for salvation. Additional repentance, critical race theory says. Additional repentance. <laughs> Come on. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we are an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be a curse. Verse nine, as we have said before. So now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be a curse. And verse 10 here. And this, I, I'm going to tell you, I, I really see this as one of the driving forces behind what is happening in the church as it pertains to the culture. The culture is going crazy. And why is the church picking up on it? I think because verse 10, this is what Paul says. He says, for am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Hmm. Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. So now we have people taking up all of these narratives and why? Because they're trying to like, please man. They're, they're trying to virtue signal. Hey, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And it's amazing because Jesus says, no, you're not, but I will justify you. Mm. The culture says, no, you're not. And you never will be. But at least we're getting somewhere that you acknowledge it. Look at how wicked that is. There's no rest for you. There's no peace for you. It's, it's a gospel that doesn't even have the kind of compassion that considers our humanity, that we're imperfect people. But we serve the perfect God who redeems us, who justifies us, who forgives us, who allows for there to be repentance. Culture says no, no. And it's not, it's not enough. It's not enough, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I'm sure Target is woke, but Target got burned just like whatever entity that's not woke. Come on. <laughs> like, I mean, come on, right, right? It's not enough. So you, you can you can light up Amazon and say that Black Lives Matter. All you've done is just drawn attention to yourself because all of these people are doing these things to say, please. It's like, honey, I shrunk the kids. Dad, don't eat me. <laughs> Dad, don't eat me. That's what they're all trying to say. But nobody cares because when they are done, they will eat you. It'll never be enough. Mm, never. Nope. It'll never be enough. And we want to invite that monster into the church and put it on the front row. Worse, 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 worse. We want to put in the pulpit. Mm. We want to to give it a platform with a a nice, clear, see-through podium. Or maybe a snazzy chair that spins around and we don't even use podiums, just iPads and flipping. You know, (laughs) that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. And we're okay with that? No, I'm not okay with that. I'm not okay with that. I'm not okay with that. And again, if I haven't said it enough already, I don't care who you are. I don't care what your following is. I don't care what your organizations are. I don't care what your affiliations are. I don't care how many conferences you pack out, how many books you self-promote, how many books are popularized by the people who follow you and share your stuff. I don't care. I don't care how many letters you have behind your name. I can read and study the Bible too. Amen. I don't care how many people download and listen to your podcast. I don't care. I don't care how many people follow you on Twitter. 
The gospel is at stake. The church must stand up. Amen. And I don't care how small you think you are. Well, what can I do? You better tell the truth where you are. You better tell the truth with your friends. If you have, if your skin is lighter color in today's culture, we say white. And you've got a friend who walks up to you demanding, hey, man, have you know, we we need to we need to apologize for the privilege that we have. You better call him out as a racist. <laughs> Say, Miki, that's sensational. I know, isn't it? You think about that. But think about the partiality yeah. that is being displayed yeah. in that type of statement. Yeah. So you mean to tell me two white people are standing over in the corner at church talking about the privilege that they have? I'm sorry. I think what you're saying is you're better than me. Is that what you're saying? No, that's not. No, but that is what you're saying. Do you see how condescending that is? And that's what our culture is feeding us today. (laughs) And guess what? I, with my brown skin, culture calls it black, but it's really not. I'm supposed to feed to my kids a narrative of inferiority. Mm. In New Orleans, we say, go sit down somewhere. (laughs) And the church is going to adopt this? Man, we already defeated this. Amen. We already defeated these divisions. Yes. Man. Yes. All right. So, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 13 through 15. As for you, brothers, do not grow weary in doing good. If anyone does not obey what we say in this letter. And this is after Paul is given the charge to, like, you know, uh, call out those who are being idle. Those mm-hmm. who are not working, those who are busy, busy bodies, bodies, who are not. Yeah. You understand? Like he's he's this is church discipline. What? What's that? This is man. Nobody knows what that is. Church discipline. Right. In, in this same passage here, Paul is like, if a man won't work, he won't eat. If if you refuse to work, don't eat. Nah, Pastor, we, you can't be Paul telling me that. Paul, <laughs> man, we used to have so much fun with that on the morning show. But Paul, Paul, used to, Paul is saying here, even we set an example for you. We labored and worked with our own hands, leaving you an example. So it's in the context of this here. This is the flow where Paul is saying, after all of this, he says, as for you, brothers, do not grow weary in doing good. If anyone does not obey what we say in this letter, take note. There's that marking again. Mm -hmm. Take note of that person and have nothing to do with him. Why? That he may be ashamed. We we yeah, are we not strong this. enough. We we're not strong enough in the body of Christ to do this. Man, we, but we we're have not strong to. enough. We don't do this, and that's these are the results that we have now. It's ongoing. Exactly, we're right. in the midst of those results right now. And and look, and and I, I'm going to say this, and I'm I'm grateful for the Spirit of God, right, who is leading Paul as he writes, mm-hmm. because he 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 rounds this out with saying, "Do not regard him as an enemy, mm-hmm. but warn him as a brother." Come on. Warn him. See, it's loving to rebuke people when they're wrong. You see how the culture has so warped twisted and twisted your yeah. thinking yeah. that you think if you tell a person they're wrong, it's unloving and it's you bought it. Hook, hateful. line, and sinker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, come on, man. I'm going to take you to an Old Testament passage and apply it here. Don't spare them for their crying. Mm. Like if they if they howl because the word hurts them, you know, I'm sorry. You're going you're gonna to have to feel the weight of that. Feel the way you're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong. There's no additional repentance necessary. Man. There's only one before whom every knee is going to bow and every tongue confess Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. Nobody is kissing anybody's boots. <laughs> Come on, man. Wow. Who do you think you are? 
let them feel ashamed. You're teaching false doctrine. You're a heretic. Be ashamed mm. and repent. Amen. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll grab the break. As I urged you when I was going to Macedonia, remain at Ephesus so that you may charge certain persons not to teach any different doctrine, Mm. nor to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies with which promote speculations rather than the stewardship from God that is by faith. The aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Verse six, this is 1 Timothy chapter one. I'm now at verse six. Certain persons, by swerving from these, Mm. have wandered away into vain discussions. (laughs) Vain discussions. Desiring to be teachers of the law without understanding either what they are saying or the things about which they make confident assertions. The confident assertions, those are the things that can be so intimidating Mm -hmm. because these people are so smart, you know, and they start talking to you and and then they they use all kinds of terminology where you feel like you're just so unlearned. Right. You feel like you don't know nothing. You know what I mean? And and they intimidate you. And so then you can't exchange with them on social media because you want to start talking and they start pulling in. And which, by the way, I, I have a list of don't do's here and I'm going to try to hurry and get to it. Right. <laughs> okay. I have a list of don't do's for the church as we continue to push back darkness. We okay. got to We got to take our positions on the battle lines. OK. And so one of them, I just got to say it at this point, I think it's, it becomes import, important. Um, do not give in to the use of extra biblical resources. Come on. Don't give into the on. use of that. Like, like when a person tells we you, look at the Bible, please. Come on, that's what. That, keep it to the book. <laughs> keep it to the book. Tell, make them make their claim solely using the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Say, make your claim solely using the scriptures, and tell them. And look, and in return, I promise to you, I will do the same. I'm only going to use the scriptures. <laughs> let's use the scriptures. Let's let's compare apples to apples, right? But that's not what's happening in the culture today. Today, when you disagree with them, what they say is you need to go read this Mm -hmm. and you need to go do this. You need to be up on this. And and my thing is, let's say I don't. (laughs) Right. I was I was told. And look, I'm I'm telling you this because I did it Mm because I did it. I don't care. I don't care. (laughs) This is my response on social media. Let's say I don't go read all your books and your resources and all your authors and all your scholars. Let's say I don't. Let's say I only agree to read the Bible. Make for me a biblical claim to support your charge, a biblical defense to support your charge. She couldn't do it. Impossible. She couldn't do it. It's impossible. She went and got other people on the post. Look, she went and got other people on the post, including white women who told me that I was not woke. And they said you didn't really want it. You didn't really want to know. They said you, they you, said, really, they said you don't want it. And I said, no, it. I guess I don't. I guess I don't. And what they mean, what, what do they mean by the it? It's the knowledge. I don't really right. want them. I don't want to be woke. No, books? I guess I don't. <laughs> I've had my eyes open once. Jesus Christ opened my eyes. What are you going to do that Jesus Christ didn't do? Amen. No, I don't want to be woke. Not, not in your definition of woke. So it was so delicious, guys. I couldn't resist it. They went and got other Wokies to come and tell me that I was not woke. And among them were a couple of white women. Now, listen, I am out of my mind to use their game, but it was just I couldn't resist. It was like, you know, 
You know, you shouldn't lick the frosting, but you're like, man, you know? <laughs> so I did. And so I said, oh, I'm sorry. Wait a minute. Are you are you white women telling me, the black woman, that I'm not woke? Do you understand this is not permitted according to your own doctrine? Guys, I wish I was making it up. You know what they did? They apologized to me <laughs> they, they <sure laughs> because did. I have more points. You see how foolish oh this my is? Goodness. It's, it's so ridiculous. Crazy. Because I, I showed I showed my card, which keeps tabs of my points. <laughs> and so I have a lot of points right now which demand respect. You see, this is what our culture is saying. And and we're gonna let this be the norm in the church. I gotta move on. I gotta move on. But this is it's 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 ludicrous, guys. Right. And when you play with these people on their playground, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, they get mad. They get mad. And they do exactly what you suspect that they're going to do, which is give in to the narrative because they've bound themselves by it. Mm. They've bound themselves by it. What are they? They can't do anything different. So when the person with the most points in the room shows up, everybody else has to keep quiet. That's another one of my points. Don't agree to any conversations where you can't speak. That's not a Come conversation. On. That's a monologue. Come on. That's not a conversation. That's a presentation. You tell people I didn't buy tickets to this conference. Why are, are you being just presenting? Into to that. You, That's you're supposed ridiculous, to sit down man. here and listen. Do not never agree to a conversation where you can't speak. Never ever. Never agree to a conversation where you can't speak. That's ridiculous. These people understand how this works. Your silence then becomes an admission of guilt. You're confirming what they already believe about. Don't, don't play those games this is ridiculous the bible invites us to reason together mm -hmm. right to come and discuss that you got to check your logic at the door to have a conversation with these people and we want this in the church mm. i'm saying that we don't i'm right. saying that we don't look in the history of the church we have seen repeatedly what it looks like for those to be marked among us that cause division we have seen this this looked like what tertullian did Tertullian, whose writings near the end of the second century, going into the third century, defined or defended Christian beliefs, mm -hmm. right? He defended Christian beliefs against heresy. He defended the moral behavior of Christians. This is why we do what we're doing. We're not a threat to people. This is the defense for why we live such peculiar lives. This is what Tertullian did. Tertullian also, and this is relevant for today, Tertullian also rejected pagan philosophies. He saw them as a threat to the gospel. Let me repeat it. Tertullian rejected pagan philosophies. He saw them as a threat to the gospel. He famously asked this question, and we quote this all the time. What has Athens to do with Jerusalem? Hmm. In other words, what are these Greek philosophies and all these things you guys get so geeked up about? What does that have to do with the kingdom of God? Hmm. What does Athens the seat of knowledge and learning and the acquisition of knowledge and all of this. What does that have to do with Jerusalem? Meaning the kingdom of God and his people. We need to be asking that question today. What does this outbreak that is happening in our culture right now? Critical race theory, which was a rebellion against critical theory. They couldn't even stay. Critical race theory wouldn't even be contained within critical theory. Guys, I'm reading. Look, I'm, I'm reading their firsthand documents. All right. Cause I, I, I just want to know. I, I had to know. So I'm reading their firsthand documents. They had a rebellion even among their own ranks. Why? Because the critical theorists who had their minds set on just destroying the institutions, right? All of the, the Western institutions had their, their sites trained on, the, on the, the universities. 
the critical theorists were making gains, right? They were getting their professors in place. Mm. But then the critical theorists begin to say, and the critical theorists who happen to be black begin to say, but wait a minute. We want black professors. We want blackness to come to the forefront of our aims, goals, and objectives. And the critical theorist said, wait a minute, there's a time for that. Let us just all move forward. And the, the critical race theorist, as they later became known, said, no, no. <laughs> they said, it is even your privilege that is telling us to wait. Mm. <laughs> so, they, so they, they, <sighs> they pulled out. They formed their own. And they say they're forever grateful to the critical theorists who begin to shake things up. But they've been able to take it a step further. Look at what they look at what they're doing. Because you can add this this racial element to it, which really propagates guilt. And people are susceptible to this. They give in to it. But the church is supposed to be impervious to this. We are not supposed to be giving in to this. These things are the result of successful secular philosophies, guys. <laughs> and you're like, man, Miki, it seems so real, doesn't it, though? <laughs> it, it speaks of the great tenacity of these people. A great tenacity. So you have Tertullian, not only marking those that cause division, rejecting modern philosophy, saying that it has nothing to do with the church. So somebody reached out. One of our listeners said, hey, our church is undertaking this particular curriculum. The curriculum is called Be the Bridge. Oh, you call the names, Miki? I told you we're marking people. Yeah, we're calling names. The curriculum is Be the Bridge. Miki, have you heard of this? Have you guys said, no, I haven't heard of this. Let me do some research. Go through the class offerings. And, and by the way, this particular individual said, I just didn't have a good feeling about it, but I want to make sure that, you know, maybe I'm not overreacting, that kind of thing. So let me go check it out. Nope. Nope. Any Bible <laughs> curriculum that offers a class on whiteness Come and on. privilege and class consciousness, you say no. You say no. No. I, no. Because I don't have a biblical basis for needing to study whiteness. Where does that come from? Y'all just got that in the 80s. Why are you trying to give? <laughs> that's a, that's a, oh, man. Y'all just came up with these studies. Why are you bringing that to the church as if it's eternal truth? Y'all just got it. Like in the 80s, it's y'all just got it like high tops, you know, like <laughs> stonewash, Velcro. Like, I mean, wh- why are you bringing that? Like, we need to hold on to that with all of our dear lives. Guys, this stuff is foolishness. It is. Marking them. What does it look like, man? It looks like Athanasius. Athanasius, by the way, Athanasius is, you know, one of those characters that when you meet him, you probably might have to make yourself like not laugh knowing, you know, just <laughs> how, how tenacious and how strong he was. But he, his nickname, Athanasius' nickname was the Black Dwarf because <laughs> of the color of his skin and his stature. <laughs> so he was small in stature, right? But don't let that fool you when you read his works, <laughs> man. When, <laughs> which again, the black dwarf mm-hmm. defending the faith. <laughs> oh! You know the critical oh, race goodness. theorist's head explodes. It explodes when they hear this, man. <laughs> they can't handle it. Athanasius, man. And in fact, let me let me just read this to you. This is this is from the book. This is from the book, The Story of the Christian Church, right? Uh, written by a man named Jesse Lyman Herbert, Hurlbut, H-U-R-L-B-U-T. And, and I think he does the, the better job. I could try to summarize it for you, but let me just, just listen to this, okay? So in the context here, what this author is saying is that as you have a time of peace, right, where Constantine 
becomes the emperor. And so you've got Constantine's edict of toleration and the church enjoys a time of peace, which there's a whole other message that can kind of be folded into what happens to the church when she comes into this time of peace. But now what happens is that the divisions and the heresies become more pronounced. Mm. People are more bold with it, right? And, and why? Because there's not oil that's staring them in the face. Because so now you have time <laughs> to sit around and you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like you yeah. can, you know, you can be out there with your heresies, right? So this is where we pick up. Wow. So the first controversy, talking about the heresies that came to attack the church that were a threat to the gospel. The first controversy I'm reading here from the book. The first controversy arose over the doctrine of the Trinity, especially the relation of the father and the son of the father and the son. Arius, a presbyter of Alexandria, about 318 A.D., set forth the doctrine that Christ, though higher than the human nature, was inferior to God and was not eternal in existence, but had a beginning. You know, we were we were talking about this because we were teaching our kids what is orthodox and mm -hmm. wanting them to understand. You know, our 13-year-old said, you can see how a person arrives at that conclusion when they try to make God make sense to them. Mm. It would be just yep. easier to accept that. Right. It would be easier just to say, oh, well, I don't understand the Godhead, so let's just give Jesus a starting point. <laughs> right? I mean, oh, I just want to point out, you know, she's yeah. 13. She's 13, <laughs> right? Okay, but here we go. Back to the book, right? So this is what Arius does against these views. The great champion was Athanasius also of Alexandria, mm -hmm. the black dwarf. He asserted the unity of the son with the father, the deity of Christ and his eternal existence. And this is really important guys. I want you to hear this. Well, the controversy extended throughout the church. And after Constantine had vainly endeavored to end the strife, he called a council of the bishops meeting at Nicaea. In Bithynia, in 325 AD, all of this is ringing a bell. People are all like, they go, oh, wait, so nice. okay, yeah, we got it. We got it, right? This is where we, this is why our creeds come out of this. But listen to this, guys. Athanasius, at that time, was only a deacon. He was permitted to speak, though not to vote. Was able to bring the majority of the council to condemn the teachings of Arius. So, no power. Mm-hmm. No power to vote. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and watch this. He was not politically powerful like Arius. <laughs> I just want you guys to think about this in the modern context. Right. <laughs> His opinions, Arius's opinions were held by many of the upper class. Mm. I want you guys to get this right. Now listen to this. Five times Athanasius, Athanasius was driven into exile. And as many times he was recalled when a friend said to him, Athanasius, you have the whole world against you. Athanasius, you have the whole world <laughs> against you. Athanasius replied, be it so Athanasius against the world. Mm. Athanasius contra mundum. <laughs> Listen, Folks, this is what I'm telling you right now. We exist in a culture where it seems like all of the culture is turned against us. We're like, dude, we're just trying to abide by the truth of the word of God. And they're saying, but everybody is against you. Your ideas are antiquated. They're outdated. They need to become old stock photos. They're saying the world is against y'all. Then you know what? You need to say, well, then you know what? It's us against the world. Amen. It's us against the world because we're going to stand for the truth. We're going to stand for the truth. Jesus Christ is worthy. 
Man, I didn't even get to my list. Do not enter a conversation where you're not permitted to speak. Do not agree to esteem extra biblical sources. Do not agree to exclude the Bible from any conversation. Do not agree to purely emotional claims. Ask for support. Ask for evidence. Do not fall into the trap of incoherent logic. We are not pushed into a corner by these people. Amen. Nor should we ever be. All right. Until tomorrow. Lord willing. God bless.